Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Well, the third and final test between New Zealand and England is set to get underway 10pm tonight New Zealand time with live ball-by-ball coverage here on SENZ. And while Brendan McCullum has already managed to notch up a first series win as England's new coach, there's still plenty of intrigue about this match at Headingley. Uh, will Baz go for the kill? Will we see another episode of Bazball, as they're starting to call it? And what can Gary Stead do to adjust and to try and uh, come back at England for this particular occasion? Joining us now is uh, a very highly accomplished broadcaster out of uh, England, uh, Adam Collins. Uh, Adam, uh, good evening to you. New Zealand time, uh, England time, I should say. Uh, let's look at this test match. Uh, mate, first of all, let's look at the mass units in both uh, both particular squads. Uh, we're hearing Stokes is okay, but Anderson is not. Is that right? Yeah, that's about the, the thick of it here. Uh, ben Stokes, for about 24 hours, we thought he might be missing this test match. There's a lot of speculation that, that both Overtons could play. Craig effectively replacing Stokes and Jamie Overton, his twin brother, in for Jimmy Anderson. In the end, Stokes batted today and batted fine in the net, so he'll be named at the toss tomorrow, the England captain. And Jamie Overton will get his test taboo. So uh, much as it was with Matty Potts, who came in for the first test match, that they're picking you know, on the basis of county form. Uh, and they've got to dig pretty deep, England, remembering all of those players have been out with back stress fractures and all of their quick bowlers are missing at the moment, with the exception of Broad and Anderson. And Matty Potts, who came in, and, and there's Jamie Overton. He's been playing well for Surrey. Get to start, and Anderson's the one who misses with an ankle niggle. My understanding is that Anderson probably would have played had it been a series on the line type situation. But having wrapped it up two nil at Nottingham last week, they're they're playing the conservative option, mindful that they have another Test match against India in just over a week. So Anderson misses in favour of Jamie Overton. How about the top order? Will there be a shift there, or are they going to stay faithful to Crawley? You, you think? Yeah, well, they are going to stay faithful to Crawley. It's a funny one, isn't it? We, we all know that Crawley can compete at the top level. That extraordinary 268 against Pakistan a couple of years ago reinforces that point. And he's shown signs. He, he shows signs. He, he, you know, you see a lot from him and you think he's going to be a test player. The issue is the, the consistent run of low scores. And there was two of them again last week, albeit sorted out by Trent Bolt Beauty in the first innings and out cheaply in the second as well, caught behind. So... Uh, Crawley gets another chance and I think that sort of longer term that they, they want him to be a test cricketer so they're giving him every opportunity so and the other side of this is they want to stick with a winning team having um, done such a great job at Lords to drag it back and win and chase down 277 and then last week uh, the ostentatious approach to chasing down 299 in just 50 mm. overs winning with 22 overs to spare they're reticent to change a winning team and you can understand that Okay, let's uh, look at perhaps uh, the conditions. What, what are we thinking about this Headingley pitch going into this? 
flat. All, all signs look flat, um, which might bring spin into play in a way that it's not really been in the first two test matches. New Zealand went with four quicks last week. I, I wouldn't be surprised, and sort of the word on the street, if you like, is that HS Patel might come back into calculations. He only bowled two overs at Lords in the first test match, and he wasn't bowled when it really mattered. They, they, they tried him before T and, and on the, what became the, the penultimate day. Uh, and it didn't work against Ben Stokes, who made a decision to go after the left-arm spin. So, Ajaz Patel, most certainly in the frame on a surface that should be flat and hard. And for England, they'll stick with Jack Leach. So, yeah, I think on that basis, we can expect a fairly conventional three-seamers uh, three and one spinner from both teams. What about the England's attitude now? I mean, you, you've seen a drastic change in performance on the field, but what about the attitude for this test match. You know, traditionally dead rubbers are just that and sometimes you just go, go through the motions. But I sense that's not the case this time around with this English uh, hierarchy. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I mean, I, I was talking to Brenda McCullum, the, the England coach, earlier today for an interview that will go up on SENZ later this morning. And, and there's no dead rubber syndrome where Bass is involved. His attitude is that he's got a responsibility, not only as the England coach, but this sort of broader attitude towards uh, test cricket. He, he wants to provide a great advertisement for test cricket around the world. I'm sorry about the, the noise outside here, by the way. There's been a, I don't know what's going on out the, out the back here with a, a bit of construction work. Uh, but no, Baz is, is clearly clearly of the view that, uh, that they, they want to uh, not only win this week, but they want to do something special where they can enhance the status of test cricket around the world. And we saw evidence of that at Nottingham last week with the way they chased down 299. So I wouldn't doubt for a half that they're determined to win 3-0. And, and to make a bit of a statement, they've got India here next week, who most would declare as the best test team in the world, and then three test matches against South Africa uh, in August and September. So, yeah, it's a good opportunity for them to continue the, the momentum they're building under McCullum, who has totally changed the mindset. I was at the Ashes in Australia earlier this year, and they were a, they were a broken team, and this feels and looks very different, and, and I think that has a lot to do with the leadership of McCullum and Stokes, who've come together at the right time. McCullum uh, speaks in the interview I did with him of, of the fact that Stokes has arrived at the perfect time for him as captain. It's like they're kindred spirits and they're leading this team together and they're fearless and they don't care about losing so long as they give themselves a chance to win. So whether they're successful in the long term or otherwise, I suspect the England team will be a really interesting one to follow over the next couple of years. Adam, uh, I, I also sense from this far away that uh, the England public in particular, the England cricket fans are buying into it very quickly. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, England, uh, as you know, Smithy, it's a conservative, cautious cricketing nation. I mean, their their starting point is don't lose first, then win. And I just sense that maybe a bit of that white ball philosophy that, that has kicked into their red ball game and taking the public on that journey shouldn't be as complex as it might have been a generation ago. I guess it's a broader philosophical question about whether they're ready for someone like Stokes, but given how turgid their test cricket's been, over the last couple of years, the last four or five years, to be, to be truthful. Um, we saw at Lords last year, they were set 277 to win on the final day in 80-odd overs, and they never considered chasing it down. Well, I mean, the contrast is clear for all, for all to see. Uh, and yeah, my sense is that the public just love Brendan McCullum. He was, a, he was a, an outsider for the job. I don't think anyone really factored in him to be a contender for the job, but now they've given it to him. Uh, there's a lot of support from him within England cricket. And that'll happen when you've got a winning team. Uh, okay, let's uh, just cross the fence here to New Zealand. They, they entered this series 
uh, with a, a, a bit of a hope, I guess, of, of holding on to the possibility of the World Test Championship. I think that's pretty much done and dusted now. But for them, um, yeah. what is their incentive here uh, with Williamson back? And, and what do you think perhaps they might do with the rest of their bowling lineup? Well, I think Wagner will play. I mean, the fact that he hasn't played the first two test matches, despite being... You, know, you look at the bowling averages of Bolton Southie when, when Wagner plays about five runs fewer per wicket. I mean, he he provides ballast to that attack. And I think in hindsight, when they review this series, they'll regret not, not having played him until now. So he'll get his chance on the surface that should suit. Uh, more broadly, what, what's in it for New Zealand? Well, they've got to arrest this, don't they? I mean, New Zealand, 12 months ago, it, it feels hard to believe. They were the world champions 12 months ago, uh, beating India in a thrilling contest at the Ajax Bowl. And where they are at the moment, I mean, they've had their moments in this series. They're not, they're not a rabble or anything like that, but there's a bit of a broader trend here, isn't there? They, they had a poor home summer, taken as a whole, uh, of course, losing to Bangladesh, and, and they lost to Test South Africa as well. And, and they were almost unbeatable at home for the couple of years before that. So I, I think there's a, a sense of making sure they leave this on a high note uh, with a view to laying a bit of a foundation upon what will be their next tilt, that they can't make World Test Championship final. Mathematically, maybe barely, but they would need to run the table. I don't think they could even get there from winning every test from here. So it's not so much about defending their crown. It's about um, how they can sort of lay a marker, whether it's Williamson or Latham leading medium to long term, who knows? The point I'd make is that Kane Williamson took over the side six and a half years ago. That's a really long time to be an international captain. It does take a toll. Sure, they don't play quite as much test cricket as Australia or, or or England, or, or India for that matter, but still, being in that role for such a long stretch of time, there might be a pause for thought about the leadership, nothing to do with Williamson, just purely down to how long he's been in the job, and whether they want to see him at his absolute best, and we've seen from uh, England with Joe Root uh, liberating him in, in recent times, no longer having that captain's armband, he's taken his game to yet another level, so there might be some temptation there, but in the short term, uh, salvage a bit of pride and, and see what's possible in the next 12 months. Uh, Adam, of course, they've been playing against uh, the Netherlands as well in white ball cricket. They've swept them, and uh, on one particular occasion, they, they nearly topped 500, which is unbelievable. Uh, on the back of Josh mm-hmm. Butler. Now, Josh Butler's not uh, at this stage being considered by uh, Brendan McCullum for the test side. He's going to try and nurture it. But the way they want to play the game, the kind of form he's in, you know, the Baz ball is where it's been labelled here. Do you think Butler uh, should uh, close the door on test cricket, or do you think he's a real possibility? Oh, I wouldn't be closing the door at all. I mean, we saw what happened in 2018 when uh, when they, they had a change in chief selector. Ed Smith came in, and his overarching view is that you've got to pick the best cricketers in the country. And it's hard to mount a case that Butler isn't one of the best 11 players in England. The issue has been is that when he's had his test opportunities, he's playing hot and cold. But, I mean, look at Johnny Bairstow. He's another player in that realm who, at white ball level, has been a world beater, has never been consistent as a test cricketer with the exception of one summer in 2016. And it, it seems as though McCullum is bringing the best out of Bairstow. And on that basis, so, yeah, I have thought that myself, whether they might be tempted to give Butler one more opportunity in the whites with the red ball. Because right now, they, they, they just lack that fear factor. Like They had this, this sense about them that they were always vulnerable under Chris Silverwood. And McCullum sees, seems to have relieved them of that. And on that basis, it, it might be the right time to see whether a player like Josh Butler is a little bit like Glenn Maxwell in an Australian context. Can you imagine mm-hmm. watching you know, Butler or Maxwell properly take the test cricket and what might be achievable? And you know, I mentioned it before, but McCullum doesn't just see this as a job 
about taking England to the top of the world again. He sees it as an opportunity to enhance the status of Test cricket. And the translation between white ball and red ball has never been more acute. So if there is a chance to, to bring him back, I think they'll consider it. On the other hand, um, someone like Ben Folks, who they have, they've gone back and forth with a little bit over the years. He's the best wicketkeeper, pure wicketkeeper in the country. There's no doubt about that. And he's been influential in both test matches with the bat for the first time in a long time. So he'll get his opportunity. But if it doesn't work out with folks, I wouldn't be surprised if they do turn back to Butler. Forecast uh, okay for the first day or two? Yeah, first couple of days are fine. We might see some rain about uh, later in the test match. So uh, we're we're mindful of that in terms of uh, uh, this going, the, the full journey. But yeah, as I say, flat track, a bit of rain about. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes the whole way. What about the commentary team? How's the commentary team coping? I, I understand you even might have shared a flat or something at Nottingham. What what's what are the digs like in, in what are the digs like in Leeds? And what's is Coney doing some cooking? I, I'm watching Coney right now devouring a pad thai in front of me as I, I did offer him up. I said, Jeremy, do you want to talk to your old teammate? And said, No, no. No, I, I'm very happy with my dinner right now. He turned seventy yesterday, Jeremy. Uh, so oh we're we're God. sort of having a bit of a quasi birthday dinner for him. I was uh, having a conversation with him before about the 1983 Test match here at Leeds, which was the first time that New Zealand ever won in this country with uh, Jeremy out there uh, hitting the winning runs and with uh, uh, picking up Ian Botham and Alan Lamb in the second innings with the ball and uh, John Wright making 93 and Ewan Chatfield taking Pfeiffer. So he's got a brilliant memory and uh, I look forward to him you know, telling all those stories this week. And yes, our accommodation, uh, we've, we've uh, graduated from a, I don't know if I can say this, but I will anyway. We were in a, a renovated brothel last week, uh, one that has been turned into an Airbnb. So the only way is up. <laughs> the only way is up. Well, the only way is up for New Zealand as well in this test match. Of course, 2-0 uh, down. They've got to try and uh, get something out of the series. Uh, Adam Collins, uh, let you get back to your pad tie as well. And uh, we'll look forward to your <laughs> ball-by-ball uh, commentary of this test match along with uh, the rest of the crew. Give our best to Jeremy Coney for his 70th. Uh, and thank you very much for your time. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.